Hello everyone. In this class, we'll try to learn about mechanics of breathing. Mechanics of breathing is a study of physical properties of lungs, airways, chest wall involved in physiology of respiration. The mechanical properties of lung, lungs can be studied in two conditions. When air does not flow into the lungs, that is the properties of static lung, and when air flows in or out of the lungs, changing the volumes, that is the properties of dynamic lung. The lungs are located in thoracic cavity, which is separated from abdomen by diaphragm, a large thick and dome-shaped skeletal muscle. The wall of the thoracic cavity is made up of sternum anteriorly and vertebral column posteriorly with 12 pairs of ribs and uh, intercostal muscles, internal and uh, external intercostal that present between the ribs, hinged to the sternum and vertebral column. The rib cage is hinged between the vertebral column and sternum. It is raised and lowered during inspiration and expiration respectively. The movement of the rib cage along with the diaphragm brings about changes in various volumes and pressures in the thoracic cavity that result in inflow and outflow of air across the respiratory passages and lungs. The muscles of inspiration Muscles of inspiration cause expansion of the chest and increase the elastic recoil of the chest wall. This makes the intrapleural pressure more negative that helps in expansion of the lungs due to which the air is sucked in. The inspiratory muscles are divided into two categories, primary and secondary, secondary also called as accessory muscles. The diaphragm and the external intercostal muscles are the primary muscles of inspiration. The diaphragm is the main muscle of inspiration which is skeletal muscle. Inflation of the lungs is caused primarily by the contraction of the diaphragm. The contraction of the diaphragm expands the thoracic cavity in two, two ways. The diaphragm is dome-shaped and attached to the lower six ribs and zipoid process uh, of the sternum. Thus, when it contracts, the dome is flattened and abdominal contents are pushed downwards so that the thoracic cavity uh, enlarges into rostrocaudal extent. Thus, the vertical diameter of the thoracic cage increases. So, so this is the diagram showing the contraction of the diaphragm. When diaphragm contracts, uh, it, it is pulled down and uh, the, the vertical diameter of the thorax is going to increase. Exactly opposite thing is going to happen during uh, respiration when muscle contracts, uh, sorry, relaxes, the diaphragm is going to move in upward direction and the thoracic cavity, the vertical diameter of the thoracic cavity is going to reduce. Contraction of the diaphragm also pushes the rib cage outward and enlarges the thoracic cavity into anterior, posterior and lateral planes. Thus, the ability of the diaphragm to expand the thoracic cavity lies mainly in its dome-shaped configuration. During quiet respiration, the diaphragm moves towards abdomen uh, by about 1-2 to two centimeters. However, during forced inspiration, the descent of diaphragm occurs about 10-12 to 12 centimeters that greatly increases the thoracic volume. The inspiration is significantly compromised during the following conditions. Moderate to severe obesity, pregnancy, especially in third trimester, and tight clothing around the thoracic and abdominal walls 
decrease expansion of the lungs by reducing the effectiveness of diaphragm in enlarging the thoracic cage. Diaphragm is innervated by phrenic nerves that is C3 to C5 cervical roots. Lesion in the phrenic nerve results in paralysis of the diaphragm. It should be noted that when phrenic nerve is damaged, the portion of diaphragm of the side moves up rather than coming down during inspiration. So this grossly impairs the ventilation. External intercostal muscles are present obliquely between the ribs in forward and downward direction. Their attachment to the lower ribs is more forward from axis of rotation. Therefore, contraction of external intercostal muscles raises the lower ribs adequately. The contraction of the external intercostal muscles has two effects. The first one is transverse and anteroposterior diameter of the thorax is going to increase. This is uh, this occurs by the two mechanisms. The second to tenth ribs rotate upward and outward by movement similar to the movement of handle of bucket. That, that is why it is called as bu bucket handle effect. So this increases the transverse diameter of the thoracic cavity. The upper four ribs rotate the sternum in upward and outward direction by movement similar to the handle of water pump. So that is why it is called as pump handle effect. This mainly increases the vertical diameter of the thoracic cage though anteroposterior diameter also increases to some extent. The rib cage and the tissues between the ribs become stiff. This helps the thoracic cage to withstand better uh, increasingly negative intrapleural pressure. So this diagram showing both the, uh, the pump handle movement and bu bucket handle movement. So this is pump handle movement that is the moving of uh, the sternum uh, anterior to posterior direction and this is uh, the bucket handle movements of the, uh, the lower ribs in uh, vertical direction. Accessory muscles of inspiration. So accessory muscles, they assist in forced inspiration. These are scalenes and sternocleidomastoids. Scalene muscles of the neck are inserted to the upper two ribs. They are brought into the play during uh, deep breathing. They elevate the upper part of the rib cage to further increase the thoracic volume. Sternocleidomastoids are inserted into upper two ribs uh, and top the sternum. These muscles uh, lift the sternum outward and elevate the rib cage. This contributes to the pump, hand, pump handle effect and increases the thoracic volume. The neck and back muscles. Contraction of neck and back muscles during forced respiration increase the thoracic volume in two ways. Firstly, they elevate the pectoral girdle that increases the cross-sectional area of the thorax. Secondly, they extend the back that increases the vertical length of the thorax. Some important muscles of neck and back that assist forced respiration are posterior muscles of neck diagastric muscles, myohyoid and posterior muscles of the upper back. Muscles of respiratory tract, the contraction of the alanacea, levator palatae, cheek muscles and other muscles of upper respiratory passage decrease airway resistance. Thus they facilitate inspiration. So this is the sequence of events during uh, inspiration. The contraction of the diaphragm leads to expansion of the thoracic
cache vertically uh, the intrapleural pressure becomes more negative uh, that increases the transpulmonary pressure leads to inflation of the lungs so that decreases the alveolar pressure which becomes subatmospheric so air flows into the airways and lungs so uh, then cessation of the contraction of the inspiratory muscle ends the inspiration muscles of expiration quite expiration uh, is purely passive process therefore uh, there are no primary muscles of expiration however expiration expiratory muscles come into play during forced expiration these muscles are called as accessory muscles of uh, uh, expiration that include abdominal muscles intercostals and neck and back muscles the muscles of abdominal wall that take part in expiration are internal oblique external oblique and transverse abdominis contraction of these muscle increases intraabdominal pressure and pushes the diaphragm upward into the chest cavity this decreases the rostrocortical diameter of thorax and increases the intrapleural pressure the internal intercostal muscles pull the rib cage downward and decrease thoracic volume both in anterior posterior and transverse diameter the muscles of neck and back that lower the pectoral girdle decrease the cross sectional area of thorax and muscles that flex the trunk decrease rostrocortical diameter of the chest cavity following three important points should be noted for the muscles of uh, expiration during forced inspiration axillary muscles are used to increase lung volume rather than to overcome the resistance to air flow whereas during forced expiration accessory muscles are used to mainly to overcome the resistance to air flow quite expiration is purely passive however exception to this is the individual suffering from lung diseases like bronchial asthma in which airway resistance is very high the strength of expiratory muscles is important uh, in endurance training like running therefore long distance runners physical exercise are all advocated to strengthen their abdominal and chest muscles as a part of training programs so this is uh, uh, the events that occurs during expiration relaxation of inspiratory muscle lead to dropping of the rib cage intrapleural pressure becomes uh, less negative there is a decrease in the transpulmonary pressure and uh, that leads to recoiling of the stretched lungs Uh, there is a decrease in the alveolar diameter alveolar pressure uh, gradually increases and it becomes uh, more than atmospheric pressure and air is pushed out of the lung that leads to expiration pressure changes in the thoracic cavity various pressure exist in different structures in the thorax the pressures are generated and modified uh, in different phases of respiration changes in different pressures in the thoracic cavity that results in breathing are intrapleural pressure transmural pressure and alveolar pressure going to see what are those intrapleural pressure is the pleural pressure is in the it, it is the pressure in the pleural space uh, is called as intrapleural pressure pleural space is the space between lungs and chest wall that is the virtual space between visceral and parietal pleura The intrapleural pressure also affects 
the pressure in other regions of the thoracic cavity like interstitial space surrounding the airways of the lung the space around the heart and great vessels pressure inside and outside the esophagus when esophagus is not in peristalsis this intrapleural pressure is the pressure everywhere in the thorax ex- except uh, the pressure in the airways and in the lumen of the thoracic and blood vessels and lymphatics how intrapleural pressure is created and why it is negative the pleural space is relative vacuum the lungs have the tendency to collapse and chest wall has a tendency to expand therefore the elastic recoil effect of the lung and chest wall are exerted equally but in opposite directions lung recoils inwardly and chest wall uh, chest wall recoils outwardly these equal and opposing forces cause intrapleural pressure to be negative that is less than the atmospheric pressure pleural pressure is negative during quiet breathing and more negative during deep inspiration during forced expiration only intrapleural pressure may become positive okay so this is how uh, the negative pressure is created the chest wall it always tries to move in outward direction and the lung because of its virtue of elastic tissue it tries to uh, collapse so that is why uh, the intrapleural pressure is always negative and it more uh, it becomes more negative during inspiration okay so as the ch- uh, thoracic chest cavity tries to move in uh, in opposite direction towards i mean to the lung in quiet breathing uh, the intrapleural pressure is relative to atmospheric pressure during expiration is about minus 2.5 to minus 4 mm of hg and during inspiration it is about uh, minus 6 mm of hg in forced breathing however during forced expiration intrapleural uh, becomes positive and during forced inspiration it becomes further negative it may Uh, go up to minus 30 mm of hg measurement of intrapleural pressure an intrapleural pressure reflects esophageal pressure in practice it is measured by recording the intraesophageal pressure by introducing balloon catheter through the mouth of the esophagus okay so this diagram showing uh, uh, different pressure during inspiration and expiration so this is inspiratory phase and this is expiratory phase so so this is intra alveolar pressure during inspiration uh, as the intrapleural uh, intra alveolar pressure becomes negative the air gushes inside and during expiration uh, the intra alveolar pressure increases and because of which Uh, the air is expired okay so these are the intrapleural pressure changes it, it, it is always negative okay and when inspiration starts the thoracic uh, because of the expansion there will be more uh, negative intrapleural pressure is created okay so because of which air enters inside the lung and during expiration because the th- thoracic cage uh, you know recoils uh, and uh, the intrapleural pressure uh, reaches minus 6 to minus 3 uh, 
that increases the alveolar pressure and air is expired out of the lungs okay. so this is the the volume of air uh, taken in during inspiration and expiration so almost around 500 ml uh, 450 ml i mean 500 ml of uh, air is taken into the lungs that is tidal volume in upright posture the intrapleural pressure is about minus 5 2.5 cm of water and at the base of the lung and minus 10 cm of water at the apex of the lung this apex to base uh, increasing negative gradient of intrapleural pressure is due to the effect of gravity in standing position vacuum in the intrapleural space is greater in apex and less at the base of the lung in supine position lying on one side creates the intrapleural pressure gradient in transverse direction as there is no gravitational force uh, in the outer space intrapleural pressure gradient is absent significance it is going to facilitate inspiration expansion of the thoracic cage as occurs during inspiration causes intrapleural pressure to fall a decrease in intrapleural pressure helps in lungs to expand which in turn results in inflow of air into the lungs thus fall in intrapleural pressure facilitates inspiration maintains it is going to maintain the shape of the chest and size of the lungs intrapleural pressure maintains normal shape of the chest wall and lungs as it resists the recoiling of these structures loss of normal intrapleural pressure results in lungs collapse and barrel shaped chest The clinical significance of intrapleural pressure is observed when chest wall is perforated and air enters in the pleural space. The normal pleural pressure is subatmospheric thus when a connection is made between the atmosphere and the pleural space the air moves into the pleural space that is the air moves from regions of high to low pressure and intrapleural pressure becomes atmospheric this condition in which air accumulates in the pleural space is called as pneumothorax due to the loss of normal intrapleural pressure in this condition lungs collapse immediately due to the inward recoiling the rib cage expands outward due to the uh, its outward recoiling in such situation transpulmonary pressure is zero because the pressure difference across the lung is eliminated so the causes of pneumothorax injury with a knife uh, gunshot which uh, the chest wall is punctured and in diseases in which the lung ruptures into the pleural cavity example rupture of the lung abscess or rupture of the parenchymal bulla in severe coughing during aspiration the pleural fluid for analysis air enters into the pleural cavity uh, due to the faulty technique that may result in pneumothorax as a part of therapy in some lung diseases for example the treatment of tuberculosis the pneumothorax is purposefully created by inserting sterile needle into the pleural cavity okay. so this is uh, the mechanism of development of the pneumothorax okay so when uh, uh, the chest wall is punctured uh, because of the negative uh, pressure the the air is going to enter into the pleural space which is which is going to produce pneumothorax and it is going to push the uh, the lung to the one side
transmural pressure is the pressure difference across the airway uh, or across the lung wall. There are two major transmural pressures involved in breathing, transpulmonary pressure and trans-airway pressure. Transpulmonary pressure is the pressure difference across the lung wall. This is measured by subtracting the pleural pressure from alveolar pressure. Transpulmonary pressure is the pressure that keeps the lungs inflated and prevents the lung from collapsing. Trans-airway pressure is the pressure difference across the airway, uh, which is the difference between the pressure inside and outside the airway. Trans-airway pressure is important in keeping the airways open during uh, forced expiration. Alveolar pressure is the pressure inside the alveoli. Change in the alveolar pressure moves the air in and out of the lungs. During inspiration, alveolar pressure decreases, becomes subatmospheric and sucks the air into the lungs. And during expiration, the alveolar pressure increases that removes the air from the lungs. The normal value during inspiration is approximately minus 1 and during expiration it is plus 1. So this is a diagram showing alveolar pressure, trans-airway pressure and trans-pulmonary pressure. Okay. So trans-airway pressure is a difference in the pressure uh, between the airway inside and outside. Okay. So where is trans-pulmonary pressure is the difference between alveolar and intrapleural pressure. Significance of transmural and alveolar pressure. At the end of expiration, uh, when there is uh, no flow uh, of air into the airways, the alveolar pressure is zero. That is equal to atmospheric pressure. Transpulmonary pressure is the difference in the alveolar pressure and the pleural pressure. It is therefore is plus 5 centimeter of water. That is zero to minus uh, into minus 5 that is equal to plus 5 at the end of expiration. Transpulmonary pressure is always positive in normal breathing. Transpulmonary pressure is also referred as distending pressure as it keeps uh, as it is helps in the inflation of the lungs. When transpulmonary pressure becomes more positive the lungs are more inflated.